Welcome to the Raiseology Podcast with your host, pediatrician and parenting mentor, Sharon Somek, here to empower parents to raise resilient and independent children. Grab your coffee or your margarita and let's get started. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should be used to supplement rather than substitute the care provided by your physician. Hi, everyone. It's Sharon. I'm back with the Resology Podcast. And today I have with me a really, really interesting topic, something that we honestly haven't explored here on the podcast before. Um, I have Renee Jensen, and she's a Reiki master and intuitive insight guide. Uh, she lives in Bergen County, New Jersey, and so not too far away from me, but um, she specializes in energy healing and intuitive guidance. And I really wanted to bring her on because I, I think the topic is really interesting and it's something that I honestly don't know very much about. Um, so I'm going to have her introduce herself here a little bit more in detail in a moment. And then we're going to get into what exactly Reiki is, what it means, what she does and how, um, how moms can benefit from it. So thanks so much, Renee, for being here today. Thanks for having me. Um, why don't you start by telling us just a little bit more about yourself and your family and sort of how you came to do what you're doing and tell us a little of your story. So I am 42 years old and I have two children. Uh, my daughter is 12 and my son is nine and I'm originally from Chicago. Um, I was adopted. I was actually born in South Korea and I was adopted at the age of seven months and came over uh, came over to this country and I had a little bit of, you know, a little bit of a rough childhood and it kind of led me to, to have a lot of tra trauma issues as an adult. And so as I kind of went from um, childhood into my adulthood, I was just trying to kind of figure out where, where I was, who I was. And I found myself um, living in Chicago for several years and I got into the, uh, the sales, the sales world. And then uh, when I was, I want to say 27 years old, I actually moved out West uh, to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, which is, right outside of Yellowstone National Park, where I started my insurance career. So I had moved out there with a guy and uh, we had been out there for a year and then we were having we were having some struggles and everything happens for a reason. He moved back to Chicago. Um, I met my ex-husband out there. I, I am divorced. Um, I met my ex-husband out there and we uh, started to build a family, you know, uh, have our children get married, build a family. And I also uh, opened up a business. So I was in the insurance industry for several years. It was great. It was wonderful. But there was something else that was calling to me. And I kind of was like, what else, what else is out there that I should do? And so the universe sort of called and I opened up a child care center. So I owned an early childhood development center uh, for a couple of years. And then uh, I would say around, I would say 2008, when we were in the whole financial crisis uh, with the real estate, um, life kind of just started to fall apart and things uh, got pretty hairy and uh, things just kind of fell apart. And I went through a rough, a rough time. Uh, my ex-husband and I uh, were getting separated. My business uh, was not thriving as I wanted it to. I had two very, very young children and uh, I had a had was dealing with um, some mental illness issues and uh, that led me out to New Jersey. So I came out to New Jersey with my kids. Um, I did some time, little, a little time. I, I, I say that uh, 
with a little humor. I did a little time in a psychiatric hospital here in New Jersey because I was just so off. My, my body wasn't working. My energy was off. I really could barely really remember my own name or be able to tell you what my social security number was. Um, and that was a really defining moment for me. So um, I, I went through the whole healing process and I won't get into everything, but I went through that whole healing process and uh, stayed in New Jersey because my ex-husband was actually from this area. So I stayed in New Jersey and just to rebuild my life from the ground up. I mean, I wouldn't even say the ground. I was like in a barrel um, and I uh, had to do that pretty much all on my own, uh, which led me back into the insurance industry. And I was uh, selling insurance. Uh, for several years and kind of switched agencies and jobs over uh, probably over, I would say about a seven, eight year period of time. And then the universe called and said, you need to do something else with your life. You have so much life experience and you've done so much self-healing. What is the next step? And uh, the, the universe aligned everything for me. And I just started uh, I started, uh, uh, taking Reiki classes and one thing led to another and here I'm at. Wow. That's pretty, um, amazing. Actually. I think that there's so much there that you can be so proud of. Um, and I, I want to hear more about sort of that process of, of what led you to even, I guess, exploring Reiki as an option. First, I guess, can we talk about what Reiki is? Because honestly, I don't even know if I know the answer to that. So it's so funny that you asked this question because, you know, being a Reiki master, I've gone through the certification, um, I've gone through attunement and people ask me all the time because they see me all over Facebook and they're like, what exactly is Reiki? And it's really funny because it's such a loaded question because it's so abstract. So before we actually got on, it was funny. I was like, ripping out my, my manuals and everything to give you the, you know, the true <laughs> definition of what Reiki really is, because I could sit here and talk about it for the next you know, hour and you still might be like, I, I don't understand. So Reiki is an alternative healing modality and it is focused on energy, the energy system in the body. So we are not just physical beings. Uh, we are also made up of energy and we have a soul and we are spiritual. And when I speak about Reiki, I also want people to know that Reiki is not a religion. Um, the healing, the healing method has nothing to do with religion. You could be an atheist, you could be Buddhist, you could be Catholic, you could be Jewish. It doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with religion and you can believe or not believe in anything that you want. Um, but Reiki, what the actual definition of Reiki is, is Rei, R-E-I, means universal and life force energy means key. And it was introduced by uh, Dr. Mikao Masui in the late 1800s, uh, and he's, he's Japanese, and it was brought over um, west to the United States. So universal, it means universal life force energy. It, it also means that it's, it has to do with soul or spirit consciousness and a higher power that is all-knowing and all-loving, and the non-physical vital energy that animates all living things, the primary energy of our emotions, thoughts, and spiritual life. So as a human being, when we have illnesses or we have issues with stress or depression, um, we often search for, we search for solutions um, that have to, that impact more of the physical body through say, you know, just health and wellness, like medication or, or losing weight or, you know, going to the gym. But Reiki focuses on physical 
physical and emotional dis-ease versus disease. So if your energy fields are off, that can actually cause emotional dysfunction and physical dis- dysfunction. And Reiki is uh, a healing modality can, that can actually support that and sometimes heal the dis-ease that we have within ourselves, whether it be emotional or, or physical. Now, and it's meant to be used, I, I imagine, in conjunction with more uh, modern medical modalities. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So I always, I always tell my clients, this is not, you know, this is not something that if you need to go to the doctor and you need to be on medication or there are other things that you need to be doing to heal yourself that are, again, what you just said, more um, traditional. I believe in balancing and I'm a mental health advocate. So I, I believe in balance of mind, body and soul. And if I had, you know, a ton of money sitting in the bank or a big bag of cash in my house, I would have a spiritual or you know therapist. I like to call them spiritual intuitive therapist. I would have, um, I would have a traditional psychotherapist. I would have a health coach because it's really important to balance all of that. So it's not it's not the end all be all um, as far as um, a solution. Um, I, I, I would never tell someone don't go see a therapist if you have. Um, severe anxiety or depression. I wouldn't tell someone, don't go to the doctor <laughs> if you uh, may have cancer or osteoporosis or whatever it is. You definitely should reach out to those, you know, your medical, appropriate medical professionals as well. Sure. And then you, you sort of touched on a little bit now, but um, what are some, um, what are some things that your clients are struggling with, whether it be um, medical ailments, I guess, who do you help? Like who, who would benefit from Reiki? And I know that you probably would say everyone would benefit, but specifically who who should seek it out? You know, it's funny because when people hear of me, because I am extremely intuitive. So some people could also translate that and say, oh, you know, you're psychic. I can't tell you the future. I can't see the future, but I'm very, very intuitive. So a lot of people that come to me um, are dealing with stress. They're dealing with depression. They're dealing with feeling stuck in life. So the majority of the people that come to me, and I would say probably good 90% of my clients are all mothers. They are feeling stressed. Um, they don't know where they're going in life. They're having relationship issues. And a lot of times they come through the door, they come through my door and they've, and the universe has connected us because they are ready to step into, they just, they, they want to find themselves. They want to find themselves. And, and often they come into me hoping that they can find the answers because I'm intuitive, but that's not how it works. So when they come into me, they're often dealing with some sort of life struggle that's making them feel physically a certain way. And my job is to, through Reiki, get their energy more balanced and get them feeling more calm and to help open up their, uh, open up their senses so then they can, they can see the signs and hear the messages and be able to walk down their path on their own without having to pay somebody else to try to help them get there. Does that make sense? Sure. Um, I guess, can you give us like an example, like a story? I have a lot of moms that come in who are having, um, having marital problems, actually. I'll be really, really honest about that. Um, As far as in my experience, because I am a mommy mental health advocate and I've been running a mom's community now um, 
for, you know, four plus years, I've come across a lot of women in that as well. And everybody talks about how parenting is really difficult, the actual act of parenting and being a mom or being a mm-hmm. dad. But what I have, what I have experienced in, in my contact with so many different moms is that it's really the relationships um, that are having, pro- they're, they're having problems in. And so it makes the parenting journey a lot harder because mom and dad, whether you're married or not married or divorced, are not seeing eye to eye. Well, I think there's like, a, I think that there are some cases where that's absolutely true. And some cases where it, it's like, what came first, the chicken or the egg kind of thing. Right. <laughs> um, right. And it, it is challenging. We've talked about it a lot on this show on how challenging it is to bring two people that were raised differently to now raise children in the same or similar way. Right. Um, and certainly that can cause a lot of stress on a relationship. And I, I actually have someone in the queue to talk a lot about, um, how, how to preserve a relationship after kids and how having kids can affect your relationship. Um, but I would love to know sort of how those moms benefit from, I guess, say there is a mom so let me, who comes to, yeah. I, I guess I was going to say, let me use myself as an example. Yeah. myself as an example yeah. and how I got into this in the first place. So sure. I mentioned, you know, it's so funny. It was, you know, to introduce myself and tell you a little bit about myself. I could sit here for hours and tell you about myself, but I'll go back a little bit when, you know, I was raised at, um, by, you know, um, two I would say in their, in their soul, really good people, but they had their own issues, um, from way before they ever, you know, they ever adopted me. And so all as of a that, couple, those things that, yeah, I would say as a couple, but as individuals, as individuals, and, okay. yeah, as individuals. And we, I, not everyone will agree with me when I say this, but, um, I think that we are a product of how we are raised and it all, it all stems back. Um, as far as generation to generation. And so I went through a lot of um, hardships as a child. Um, I'm a, a child abuse survivor. And a lot Sorry. of the things I know, it's okay. I, I, I talk about it all the time. But those those things followed me as an adult. And I think that many people, I think many adults have gone through something, whether it's a big trauma or a little trauma in their life, and they carry it with them throughout their childhood, their teenage years into their adult life. And when you, when you become an adult and you are looking for things like love, and if there's, there's places within you that don't feel fulfilled and you're trying to find a mate and all that, sometimes we can, we get into that, that, that place in our life and we are not really totally sure of who we are. Right. So I brought a lot of things from my childhood into my adult life and into my relationships that I had not really, really dealt with. Yeah. So then all of a sudden you're trying to fill this hole that you realize you have or you don't realize you have. And then you think you find the love of your life and you get married and everything's wonderful and you decide you're going to have children and and it's going to be it's going to be, you know, um, all puppy dog tails and, and, and unicorns and rainbows. But all of these things emotionally that we've dealt with over those all those past years, they, they get buried. So then when you're focusing on all the good parts of the good parts and the joy and the fun things about finding a mate and having a family, you tend to, you tend to put that other stuff in a box. So then when 
you get you have children, which I feel like everything the aha moment comes when everyone has children and everything changes, and then you see you see who people who you yourself and who the other person really is because a lot of times we hide that that stuff and we don't even realize it. So for me, getting married, I thought that getting married, having children was going to solve all my problems, but then all of my insecurities mat were magnified because now I'm responsible for raising children and taking care of a husband and running my business. And I, I really, I really was trying to just make everything where it was perfect and it was just never going to be. So when things got rough, I'd always point the finger outwards instead of taking that finger and turning it around and really digging really deep inside of me to find out what was my part in all of this. So yeah. when I got divorced, maybe, you know, I'll make this, uh, I'll make this quick, but after I got divorced, I'll never forget, like probably a couple of years after I got divorced, I was sitting and talking to a, another mom, a girlfriend of mine. And I had never said this ever. And I said, I realized that I was at least 50% of the problem in the marriage and when, how, how it had fit, you know, how um, everything kind of um, unfolded and where we ended up. So the minute I was able to take responsibility for that and turn that finger inward was when I could really start to heal from like years and years of stuff that I had gone through and been able to like really learn from my mistakes and be able to be able to move forward, hopefully, and, you know, be able to take that with me in the future, whether it be, you know, having to do with my career or getting into a relationship, I had to take responsibility for me. And that's what my mom's, when they come into me, most of my clients, it's always external stuff that's affecting them, but they're never really, really trying focusing on the internal stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Um, and I, yeah, every, yeah. Many moms and many moms, like most moms that come to me, they've, they've gone through something in their life, you know, whether again, whether it's a, you know, a therapist will call it a big, big trauma or a little trauma, everybody's gone through something that's affected them. And you, you are using Reiki to help them kind of clear the path to yes. like finding what that is so that they can deal with it. Yeah. Um, as far as energetic blocks. Yeah. I mean, because we are all so worried about not being perfect and uh, not being good enough that those clients that come to me, I help them to open up and realize that they're perfect just the way that they are. That's great. That it's okay. Yeah. That it's okay to not be perfect, that it's okay to make mistakes um, that it's okay to say, listen, I went through this. It could be something, you know, something, you know, five months ago or something that was in their childhood that is affecting the way that they are living their life in the present and be okay with it. Because really it's all about knowing too, that you're not, we're not alone. We're not alone in any of this because everyone feels so isolated. Like they're the old, they're, they're only one going through something, something, a struggle of some sort. And it's not true at all. It's just something that we don't, we don't talk about. We don't talk about all of our struggles because we don't want anyone to know about that. Yeah. And then the minute you start talking about it, you realize you're not alone. And that's when you can really start to feel better about, you know, sort of start to make the changes you need to, to to make yourself feel better. Right. 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 
Um, um, as far as, um, cause I, I didn't really explain it. Um, it, like, again, when people ask me what exactly is Reiki? Yeah. So take me through like, right. Say I'm, I'm a mom and I want to come to your office and get a mm-hmm. session of Reiki. What does that feel like? Look like, you know? So when you come into my office, uh, what we talk about, and I, I usually, I actually conduct, um, complimentary discovery calls. So everyone's, you know, the people that call me and want to come to me and try this because many, who are coming to me are coming for the first time. I want to get them comfortable. So, um, because like, again, it's this very abstract, weird woo woo thing that they want to try. And so we talk about it so they can better understand, um, that it's totally 100% safe. It's non-invasive. We are all made up of multiple different energy fields and Reiki concentrates on what is called, um, our chakras, chakra energy. So if you were looking at the body, there's seven main chakras. There's more than seven, but these are the ones that the Reiki practitioners focus on uh, balancing. Uh, there are seven. One, if you were to look at the human body, there are seven aligned from one above the head down to the base of your spine. And if you were looking, if you, if you could see them, they're like spinning energy vortexes. And each one actually stands for something having to do with emotion or um, like we were talking about physical, actual functions. So um, for instance, your, uh, a lot of people are familiar with this, like your third eye chakra would be like right in the middle in between on your forehead in between your two eyes. And that is a chakra that is uh, focused on intuition. So if you're having a really hard time being able to, to, what, what would be what I'm trying to think of a good way to explain this. Like if, if you're, if you're having a hard time, like listening to your gut or you feel like you're getting signs or messages or what, or your mind seems really, really um, all over the place. And you've got a lot of stuff going on in your head. Like uh, mom might come to me and say, I'm feeling really manic. I just have all these thoughts. I, I feel like I should be doing this or maybe I should be doing that. Whether it's like uh, in everyday mothering or if it has to do with like, Hey, I'm a mom. I love my job. And now I think I'm ready to go back to work, but I'm not so sure. Um, somebody might come to me and say, I need you to help me get focused so I can figure out exactly what it is that I want to do. There's uh, other chakras that are um, called your solar plexus chakra, your sacral chakra, your root chakra. And it all has to do with emotional and physical function. That each one stands for something specific. So anybody who comes in to me, they also may have, like, I have stomach issues. Somebody might say, I am having some stomach issues. Can, can you come in and try to, or can I come in and try to, um, can you help me um, ease the, some stomach pain? Or somebody who has rheumatoid arthritis and is dealing with pain and they want to, you know, come, nothing's working. Medication's not working. Nothing's working. Come in. Um, can I come in and see you? Because I just, I'm kind of at a loss because I, I just want to get rid of this pain. So people come in for different things, but again, most people come in because they're feeling stuck in some way in their life. And so you have this discovery call with them and you mm-hmm. explain sort of like what the process is. Um, yeah. And then they come in and what happens? So they come in and we sit down. I do a little meditation beforehand because I can intuitively kind of focus on where they may be having blockages in these seven chakras. And also um, I intuitively can kind of see what's going on in their life. I can pick up on certain specific things, like if they're coming in for a relationship issue or they're having um, they're having career issues. Uh, and so they come in and we, t- we talk about that. And then basically, as far as Reiki is concerned, is I have a, a separate room. 
um, a healing room and I have a massage table. And what they do is they lay on the massage, you know, lay, lay on the table. And basically I work with my hands from the feet up and there's all different points. It's, it's almost, if you want to think about it, it's almost like acupuncture, but it's not, I'm not using needles. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There are many, many different points. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So acupuncture is somewhat similar, but they can put, you know, a hundred needles in your body. Whereas a Reiki practitioner is channeling that life energy. Um, they're channeling. It's not coming um, from a Reiki practitioner. Like I'm not standing in front of you and putting my hands, you know, at your body. And all of a sudden there's rays of light, like shooting out of my, <laughs> shooting out of my hands. It's a universal, a universal life energy that's actually flowing through the Reiki practitioner. And you basically move your hands from the feet all the way up to the head, um, letting that energy flow and kind of fix whatever is not right within that energy field, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting. So how often do people come and get Reiki? Um, my clients are now coming in. I mean, I have the office. I was doing a lot of um, distance Reiki, which is very weird to people because basically when I started my Reiki practice and the reason I started my Reiki practice is because I was going through personal, some personal stuff. And I was feeling very out of whack about what I was doing with my career. And I was just dealing with some personal stuff that was causing me my own, you know, kind of anxiety and like just borderline depression. And I had, um, I had taken this uh, certification class and gotten attuned to myself and I started doing Reiki on myself and it made me feel so, so, so much better. So um, I'm sorry, what was the original question? So how often would you say? Oh, how often? So I started doing it on myself like every single day. But when I opened up my office, my clients will come back. They usually come back once a month or once every other month. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because it's kind of like you're getting a tune-up. Yeah. You know when people go to the chiropractic's, you know, ch chiropractor's office and they're having issues and they need to go in for a tune-up or if you have a physical therapist that you see some people see physical therapists, you know, once a week, it's a, it's the same thing, same concept. Some people will come in because they feel stuck, they're not feeling good, they come in, they go through a session, they leave and you may not hear from them again for 6 months. Um, but a lot of people who get Reiki will, will probably do it once, once every month or once every couple of months. Interesting. What's the most, um, I guess, what is the most interesting case that you've had? The most interesting case I have, um, like something I, you didn't expect to come out of it, but I had, um, recently I had a client who came in and she was in this, she was going through anxiety. She was feeling very negative about everything in her life. She was thinking about getting divorced. Um, and she just wasn't feeling good. And she was having issues as far as what she wanted to do in her career. And the overall picture was that she was just feeling very victimized in life. So she came in, we talked about it and we talked back, we were tracing back like the feelings that she was having everything from, from her job to her relationship, um, to certain friendships, everything sort of had the same theme. So we, we talked for a while because it's not just about getting on the table and doing Reiki. We, we talk a lot, like if you were in a therapy session and we started tracing back things from her, her childhood. And I think it was really a defining moment for me because 
her parents, um, her parents had abused her as um, a child from, you know, say early she can remember was four or five up to her teen years. And she didn't even realize it was abuse. They would hit her with wire hangers and with spoons and would, you know, you know, tell her she was stupid when she couldn't figure out how to do her math homework, whatever it was. And this is something that went on um, pretty regularly throughout her whole entire life. But she had no idea. She had no idea that that was abuse. Even though she loves her parents and her parents are inherently good people, the way that they were brought up, they were now bringing their children up like this. And now she was wondering, she as an adult was like, why do I end up in these sorts of relationships? Or why do I feel victimized all the time? And we were able to trace that back. And she had this aha moment. And she said, oh my God, I didn't realize it. This is what my parents modeled for me. This is the way they treated me. And it, it went with her. But she didn't, she didn't even realize that this had been happening to her most of her, most of her childhood and her teen years. So in, in discovering that in that session, she was able to release a lot and she was able to get um, on the path of, of healing. It's not, it was, it's not easy by any means. Of course. (laughs) Right. But she was always asking herself for years and years and years, why, 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 why do I feel like this? Why am I getting in bad relationships? Why, you know, and, and why am I, why am I at jobs where I'm dealing with um, abusive, um, abusive uh, management, whatever it was. But when she realized what had happened to her as a child, she was able to say, oh, wait a second. <laughs> and this is, and she was able to start that healing process because you can't heal from something that you don't even realize happened to. Does that make sense? Yes. So, and also, guess, it was she was able to look at her relationship too, like her marriage, because that was a big deal for her. Her marriage, yeah. she felt like her marriage was falling apart, and she could she could take her. She can now turn, like again, look in the mirror, turn the finger around, and be able to take um, some accountability for her part and how where the where the marriage and the relationship um, was going, and be able to make changes on her on her end. And when she started making those changes on her at her end, then she could see a shift and transition in the relationship in general. Of course. Which was great. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. She yeah. was able to be, she was empowered. Yeah. A, lot of the, a lot of the women that come to me, they walk out and it's not just a one step, one session process. It's a, you know, it's a day by day thing, but they become empowered and they feel like they have control over their lives. Yeah, they're finally ready to sort of make some changes. Yes. Most people who come into me, they're they come into me because they, they're just feeling so blocked and feeling so bad, physically bad, emotionally bad, that they don't want to live like that anymore. So they're just searching out anything that they can to heal that. Yeah. It's really interesting. I it's it's funny because I honestly had never even heard of Reiki and then about I'd probably say like six months ago, I was meeting somebody um, and she was just coming back from a Reiki session. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I don't even know what that is. Right. And then, um, and then in the last month I've met, I think two or three, you know, intuitive healers that use Reiki as, you know, their, 
healing modality. And so I was like, this is weird. I need to explore this a little bit more because it's just something that keeps showing up somehow in my life. So um, I really appreciate your insight and your telling your story so um, vulnerably and, um, and for being here. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Um, Thanks for having me. And I hope that, you know, that our listeners are learning something new, or maybe, you know, some of our listeners may already have had this experience. Um, and um, I would welcome you guys to share that with us too. Um, and I will um, make sure that we all know how to reach Renee. Um, but Renee, how would you, I guess you mentioned also that you have a blog that you um, manage. So if you want to tell us a little bit about that and then how our listeners could get in touch with you. So as far as the mommy mental health, um, blog, I, when I first moved to New Jersey, um, I had no friends here. I knew nobody It was kind of my ex-husband's territory. And, uh, I had been here for four years, just trying to rebuild my life. And I really didn't have any kind of support system whatsoever. And I left a really strong support system, um, out West when I came here. And, you know, part of my, I was feeling very, I was feeling very blocked in the sense that I had, I did not have that support system. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to put myself out there, um, and try to try to find one. So, um, so I was on Facebook and, uh, make a long story short, I was in a mom's group and there was a lot of the the typical mom shaming stuff going on. And I said, you know what, I need to get out of here. But before I do that, I'm going to see if anybody you know, anybody's interested in getting together. So I did. And uh, hundreds of moms were like, uh, yes, I need friends because I don't have any friends either. And so uh, then there was born um, this wonderful, amazing community, which I've rebranded a few times. It was my time out before. Uh, now it's called Yin and Yang Mom. And basically the premises, the premise of uh, the brand is just all about balancing the light and dark of motherhood to really talk about the stuff that no one wants to talk about that no one wants to share. Um, it's about, you know, ment mental health, um, among mothers. Um, and there's still a stigma, um, be behind mental health. And I'm trying to break that by bringing, uh, moms together to talk, talk about the hard stuff. So you can find me on uh, yin and yang mom. I have a whole blog team, uh, made up of tutors and, and therapists and, and a spiritual healer and they all come to the table and they curate the most amazing content and they, they, uh, they go within our community, uh, our Facebook page. Uh, they write blogs. We have a video blog and they're, they're very present on a daily basis to be able to let these moms know that they are not alone um, in dealing with their struggles. It's cool. I love it. Um, well, thank you. And then, so it's called my uh, yin and yang yin and yang mom on facebook mm -hmm. and then yin and yang mom.com i've got two websites this the one for the uh for the mommy community and then also one for my spiritual community awesome and in the show notes i'll also put the information for renee's office if you do live local to her and want to check out her reiki practice then um you'll be able to access that through the show notes um but thank you again so much for being here. Um, I really appreciate you and I appreciate your time. You're welcome. Thanks so much for having me. I'm very honored. Thanks for listening to the Raiseology podcast. Head over to www.raiseology.com where you'll find plenty of You've Got This resources for parents. 
and any links or tools mentioned in today's show. Be sure to hit subscribe on your podcatcher so that you can listen to the next episode the minute it's out. Until next time, have an empowered week.